Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Straight Talk for the Soul series, your vibrational, multidimensional vitamin for the body, mind, and spirit. I'm Carrie Murphy, your host, creator, and founder of this global broadcast and brilliant Unity community uh, designed to provide energetic empowerment for your soul's evolution and a divine opportunity to purify your voice, your vessel, your vision, so that you may speak, embody, and envision the highest potentials for you and your soul journey. I want to extend a bright and a very beautiful good morning, good afternoon, and good evening uh, to all of you tuning in from around the world to help me welcome my beautiful friend, uh, pet intuitive and numerologist Denise Monge is here. We're going to talk about how our animal companions help us unleash our intuition, um, and sometimes in very unique ways. So we're going to get into that, and we'll talk about how now is a very powerful time to tap into the energy alongside our animal companions. We're going to take live callers, as we always do with Denise. She will offer many pet readings, so press star 2 on your phone to be considered for that or write in. I know a lot of you have already written in on that. So welcome home, beautiful souls. This is your safe haven, a sacred space, a soulful sanctuary to feel like you're at home. Um, at home with soul family and this season uh, season 28 this has also become a portal of peace and um, last show um, we called it a supernova temple and I was thinking yeah it's a supernova temple of transformation so uh, this community is expanding <laughs> in all of its ways that we are coming together uh, and it's just as always my greatest intention that you feel this unwavering sense of safety, acceptance, belonging, oneness, and unity here. Uh, the energies and the qualities of cooperation and collaboration, kindness and compassion always flowing here. So let's support one another in choosing daily soulful generosity toward ourselves and one another and in committing to pure purposeful living, aligning our choices and voices with grace and kindness and truth and integrity. And in this way, we triumphantly step into our roles as these vibrant visionaries that we're here to be. And may today's journey with Denise and myself illuminate and ignite your unique um, gifts, your cosmic gifts, your intuition, your galactic remembrances, and stellar treasures. So now just sit back, relax, breathe, open, and receive. Uh, we're so thankful and grateful that you found your way here today. And now my favorite question, what is the best that could happen today? Please set a clear, empowered personal intention for what you wish to feel or gain or experience. My intention with our gathering is to be a clear and pristine communicator of divine light and love in selfless service to allow for the greatest openings into peace, harmony, purification, vitality, empowerment uh, for all of us gathered here. Write in. Let us know how you're doing throughout the show. If you have questions for Denise, you can put them in there as well. Um, and now let me tell you about Denise. She is a certified dog trainer, a pet intuitive, a pet numerologist. She's the founder of Pet Prana. Denise believes that everyday interactions with our pets have the power to transform us. Her work combines traditional obedience training with energetic considerations of pet guardianship to facilitate meaningful connections and behavioral shifts for both you and your pets. 
As a thought leader in her field, Denise's articles have been featured in publications spanning from pet guardianship to conscious living. She's been interviewed on numerous radio shows and podcasts. Uh, she's sat on expert panels and has been a featured speaker on keynote stages. And today we're focusing on unleashing your intuition with pets. You know, as, as one of the most honest and vulnerable relationships in our lives, our pet companions, both pets and animals in the wild, they're able to lovingly and effectively unleash our intuitive abilities and multidimensional aspects. They've been preparing us for this very moment, and we're going to get into that. Um, and they're encouraging us to claim higher frequencies and tap into an expanded vision of ourselves and our role in the universe. So today's uh, talk is it's going to be unique and interesting on how animals, both, both domesticated and in the wild, are helping us develop a lexicon with the universe, guiding us to explore higher realms and even step into our galactic citizenship. So we're going to get into all of that and, and talk about why it's important to create this lexicon with the universe, uh, leverage portals and access higher realms, and establish our galactic connections. That's going to be a really fascinating um, dimension to this conversation. So I love my time with Denise. Let's get started. Uh, please join me in extending waves and waves of love, light, and joy to Denise as I welcome her back. Hi, beautiful. Oh, my goodness. It is so wonderful to be back with you and your beautiful community in this renewed energy, this beautiful season. And I just love how you and this lovely community always brings bring animals into the conversations, right? Whether it's our pets, animals yeah. in the wild that we're just passionate about, we love the energy they bring to the table. And yeah. it's no surprise because they're amazing guides for us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, having so many animals in the last 25 years, and it's strange, Denise, that now I have, I have the fewest ever. I just have my two dogs right. now. Um, you know, during that time I took away, you may have read, mm -hmm. I had to like release my li my last cat. Um, yeah. so, uh, that was, um, Certainly a loss in, in, in the physical form, but I am very much connected with her. Um, but it's interesting, Denise. So they've always been a part of my journey, this spiritual mm -hmm. evolutionary journey, and you, uh, and clearly a part of <laughs> part of yours. But. Yeah. Let's talk about the journey a little bit from where you were, you know, in mm -hmm. marketing, um, mm -hmm. living in New York. And we've talked about this before, but um, let's talk about what guided you into what you're doing mm -hmm. now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, so many of, of us on the phone will relate to this because, you know, growing up, animals were always very near and dear to my heart. I grew up in Sao Paulo, Brazil, so in an apartment building, so we didn't have any traditional pets growing up. So for me, my pets and my connection with animals in this very urban, you know, city was like the roly-polies, the caterpillars, like these tiny little beings that brought me so much connection and joy. So animals have always been, you know, part of my life. They've been friends, companions, spent time with them. And, you know, moving from Sao Paulo to another urban environment, I, I worked in New York City in advertising for 10 years. Um, you know, I didn't have a ton of animals in, in New York City that I was connected with. It was really pigeons, <laughs> to be honest, and the dogs on the street. 
Um, but luckily, one of the final accounts I worked on in my career was Purina. And I really love talking about pets and their humans and the relationship between the two. And, you know, at focus groups, you'd hear all these beautiful, heartwarming stories. And so, you know, 10 years into advertising, I, I was getting called to kind of leave the industry. You know, it's a, it's a tough mm-hmm. burnout situation for anyone who's been in advertising. And I thought, what am I going to do with my life? And, you know, I was like, you know what? I've always loved animals. Now, I'm in New York City. Let me start a doggy daycare. But being that I never had any pets of my own, I figured if I'm going to start a doggy daycare, I really need to learn about dog behavior. And so I ended up taking a dog training course and falling in love with it. And part of it was doing practicum hours. And so I'd be doing these sessions with the dogs and their humans. And I was like, you know what? Forget the brick and mortar daycare. I love the relationship. I like working with pets and their humans and understanding the intricacies of it all. And, um, you know, at that point, I thought that is it for me. This is my, you know, final destination is teaching dogs how to, you know, make better choices. And, you know, lo and behold, and and I think uh, that this is, Part of, you know, the importance of this conversation, that was just the beginning point, Mm -hmm. right? When we open our hearts to animal companions, whether it's pets or working with animals or just connecting with, you know, the energy of animals, you might think that you're taking one small step, but they're always a gateway to bigger energetic connections, bigger abilities, Mm -hmm. bigger intuition. Um, In my case in particular, I was doing the traditional dog training, and I was like, gosh, all we're doing is bossing around dogs. I mean, there's got to be something more to it. And lo and behold, my animal communication abilities came back online. And I would be going in to do sessions with, you know, a new client. And I'd sit down. I'd be like, okay, so, you know, talk to me about their routine. And the pet would just be dropping in all this information. about what was <laughs> Here's what's really happening. <laughs> exactly. And so I started realizing that there was a lot of correlation between the pet's behavior and what's going on in the humans. Um, and especially, you know, universal themes associated with the chakras. So I ended up developing a mindful approach to dog training where I link in traditional pet behaviors, you know, the, the big ones, the barking, the separation anxiety, the guest reactivity, all of that. I'd link those behaviors to different human chakras. So that way we have a good starting point as to when we're trying to shift our pet's behavior, traditional training is important, but we also have to look at the energy and what's going on in our lives more broadly so that we can shift the story, the energy, and ultimately when we vibe higher and create those shifts, our animal behavior can shift too. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. meeting you and, you know, I had never – um, spoken with someone who who approached it quite the way that you do, and it made complete soulful sense to me. <laughs> you know, at any time in the last 25 years with all of my pets as an adult, when I looked back on if they were having an issue, it it, it correlated perfectly with what was going on in my world. And then, of course, as we evolve and take soulful responsibility for what's going on in our you know, emotional, mental, spiritual lives, we can see the correlation and um, Mm -hmm. hopefully guide them into, you know, greater (laughs) harmony and serenity alongside us, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's so interesting because the more we speak to pet parents, 
um, pet parents don't give themselves enough credit for being as intuitive as they are, right? When I start sharing this philosophy, sharing the roadmap where we have some jumping off points as to like, okay, if your dog has on-leash reactivity, let's talk about do you feel grounded in your life? Are you in between jobs? Are you in between relationships? Do you feel safe? Do you feel abundant and secure? Um, they start realizing that, you know what, I'm actually between jobs. Or, you know, I was, I've been really worried about finances lately. Um, so they start realizing, like, yes, okay, I thought there might be something there, but I couldn't quite pinpoint it. Um, so our animal companions are experts at really just showing us what energetic clutter is ready to be released. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most common behaviors, um, mm-hmm. and how are they linked to the, to the human? behavior. Yeah. So it's it's interesting when I, you know, as a dog trainer, I kept getting just like these bundles of, of behaviors. Like one month, it was all on-leash reactivity, which is dogs, you know, barking on leash, lunging at other dogs, or being very fearful on leash. Mm-hmm. That is still one of the top behaviors that I work with with pet parents. Um, and so on-leash reactivity, I've linked to um, themes of the first chakra. So that, you know, do you feel grounded? Do you feel safe, secure in your connections, in your world? Um, separation anxiety is another big one, especially coming out of, you know, the reset period where a lot of us spend a lot more time at home and now life might be changing a little bit. Separation anxiety is linked to the second chakra. And so it has to do with the myth of separation, right, that fear of loss that fear of loss if you create balance in your life, that notion, those themes of being in servitude versus in service, right? You you kind of sublimate your needs to make sure that you're you're meeting the anticipated needs of everyone else out there. Um, accidents is another big one, and that is for, you know, dogs but also cats. Accidents is so interesting to me. This is if they're, you know, um, eliminating improperly around the house. That's linked to the sixth chakra, the third eye, and it has a lot to do with the energy of perception versus reality, Um, that feeling of not wanting to see a situation, a relationship, a person for what they truly are, a little bit of that frustration and disappointment of I thought my life was going to turn out one way and it turned out a completely different way. Um, you know, so it's, it's really interesting and, um, we can go into a little bit more later on about how this roadmap of pet behaviors and the chakras actually came through. But, um, you know, it wasn't from, it wasn't something that was purely devised by myself. It was through connections with the Pleiadians that the animals kind of introduced me to. Fascinating. Um, we were just talking about the Pleiadians, um, Mm -hmm with Catherine and Mm -hmm. interestingly enough after my near-death experience in 1997 the first Mm -hmm. group that came through were the Pleiadians and um so they've been a part of my journey uh, as I've been a part of them (laughs) you know very consciously since then so that's interesting that they supported you with this this link, <laughs> this. Um... Yeah. And the, the irony is I didn't know who they were, right? Um, the Pleiadians now I've come to learn are incredibly connected with our animal companions. Um, they, because the Pleiadians really work with us humans on our emotional um, level, our emotional bodies, you know, they're kind of the closest to us in, in the developmental stages of, you know, soulfulness and, you know, becoming a multidimensional beings. So they remember what life is. 
with, you know, with emotions, the highs, the lows. So they work with us in our emotional field. And since our animal companions also work with us on our emotional field, the Pleiadians are very linked to animals and especially our pets, our domesticated pets. Um, but they, uh, yeah, it was an equinox. And I'd been doing this dog training. I'd been noticing a few patterns. And three days leading up to the March equinox, I think it was in 2017 at the time, or 2016, and um, I was just wiped out. I, I couldn't get out of bed. I was exhausted. On the morning of the March equinox, I woke up at like 7 a.m., popped up, and did a whole PowerPoint presentation about translating <laughs> beyond behavior. Um, you know, the Pleiadians know me. They know my preferred love language, which is PowerPoint presentations. And, um, you know, I did a whole uh, a whole map of linking pet behaviors to the human chakras and how they kind of correlate based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So we understand pets' behavior, the motivation, the common motivation between pets and humans, and the universal themes linked to the, the seven major chakras that both pets and humans have as well. So it was really cool. It was um, an interesting experience. And it wasn't until a few years later that I discovered who the Palladians were because I moved to California and asked a car broker for, you know, a car you would give a 16-year-old because I'd never been behind the wheel, you know, my entire oh, life. right, right. And uh, he, he slapped me with the Subaru. And I was like, what is this? what is this logo? I got to look it up. And it was the Pleiadians. And then this, all this information started rushing in about who they are. And I'm like, oh, they're the ones who dropped in that whole roadmap. And that was the beginning of a, a brand new relationship with the Pleiadians. Wow. And that was, well, that's been quite a few years since then. And as I was telling you before we went live, it's been fascinating. You know, you've been here quite a few times and how each time it continues to expand even now. Um, the sharings and, you know, really incorporating what it means to be a galactic citizen and, and how that relates to our pets and animals. <laughs> and yeah. um, So I want to get into your perspective regarding, you know, mm -hmm. the, the milestones that have led us up to this timeline, you know, how our pets have been preparing us for this mm -hmm. moment um, in our collective history. Uh, what do you want to share about that? Yeah, so absolutely. You know, our animal companions, as, as we kind of mentioned at the beginning um, in the intro, they are some of our most honest and intimate relationships. Um, and unlike humans who we might love, right, our partners, our children, our family members, our friends, we don't have a lot of the complication in our dynamic with our animal companions that we have with other humans, right? There's no kind of hidden agenda. There's no expectations. Everything's pretty straightforward. And because of that, they're able to open our heart and expand our intuition in amazing ways. And that being the case, you know, pets and animals in the wild are some of the hardest working spiritual guides out there, right? For many of us, they're our first foray into connecting with, you know, energy and our intuitive abilities. 
you know, so many of us on this call probably relate to being children and having intuitive abilities and maybe sensing disembodied humans or humans that have crossed over or something that feels dark or scary to us because we don't understand. And in those instances, a lot of us just shut down, right, because times were different. It wasn't like nowadays where we have such open conversations about multidimensional abilities, even with children, right? It was something that we didn't understand. No one was there to explain to us, so we shut down. But at the end of the day, we all have these intuitive abilities. So that's where our animal companions kind of jump in, and they're like, hey, you want to connect with me? You want to learn more about me? You want to talk to me like Dr. Doolittle? Okay, open up your intuitive abilities. And so for us, we're like, all right, I can handle that. You know, that's that's a comfortable starting point. I don't think any of us on this call, given the opportunity to have a chat with an animal, would be like, no, thank you, I pass. Mm -hmm. So our animal companions have been working hard to kind of open our hearts. And they've been doing so from the beginning of time, right? Even in, um, you know, genesis of the human story in so many different religions and cultural stories, animals were always with us guiding us along the way and kind of acting as our little sidekicks. You know, the Garden of Eden, snake changed our whole, you know, dynamic of what was going on. We we lived in commune with animals. We communicated with animals telepathically. You know, that was the notion of, of the Garden of Eden and paradise on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Australia, the, the first peoples have, you know, the Dreamtime story, story where the rainbow snakes started the earth. Um, So our animal companions have been with us, you know, from the get-go and accompanying us and walking alongside us. And so it's no surprise that they have been instrumental in helping us reach some really important milestones as as human beings. Um, And these milestones are, are critical in us starting to expand and evolve as a consciousness, to go from, you know, that that three-dimensional reality into 5D, you know, 7D, 9D, 12D, and beyond. And so some of the milestones that they helped us reach that are allowing us to take kind of our next step in our energetic evolution are, one, they helped us understand how to manage energy, right? We understand energy, we understand how to clear our energy, we understand that our energy affects our our environment and that our environment affects our energy. Mm -hmm. And our animal companions have been key to helping us understand to manage and clear out energetic clutter. The second milestone they helped us helped us with tremendously is achieving interspecies communication. Mm -hmm. So because of our connection with our animal companions, we know how to do not only animal communication, but telepathically communicate with other beings from other dimensions. We know how to communicate with the earth, the trees, the rocks, the water. You know, we we have that telepathic ability to communicate with other species. Right. yeah, no, third, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> These are good. <laughs> yeah, third milestone that we've reached is we've reached karmic maturity. So as humans, when we're connecting with animals, we become more introspective, right? We understand ourselves more deeply. And so through this introspection, we've really achieved karmic maturity where all of us, you know, individually but also as humans, we've gone through enough karmic cycles. We've gone through enough ups and downs. We've gone through enough kind of repeated situations as humans where we can start predicting, we can understand, you know, when we're getting into a cycle where, okay, this is the ramification if we keep going along this path, 
or if we change it, you know, there's a, there's a different outcome. So we understand karmic cycles and the ramifications of either, you know, pursuing it and allowing it to happen or changing that timeline. And the fourth and final milestone, and this one is linked to animals, but it's about um, we've achieved critical mass with technology. And when it, we come to technology, it's not only technology like our smartphones or, or stuff like that. It's also technology in terms of our chakras, body yeah. work, different modalities, and our animal companions have really helped us with that. Um, we've understand, you know, technology of our bodies, the chakra system, you know, all different modalities and gifts and abilities. And then, of course, traditional technology, right? All of us are very attuned to, you know, smartphones, the Internet, and AI is another really big one because now all of us are having access in kind of a mass scale to artificial intelligence, which is a new form of technology in that it is sentient, but it's not feeling. So we're starting to understand the ramifications of interacting with and responsibly using this technology. And all of these milestones are really important right now. And all of these milestones are animal companions that helped us achieve. And the reason why these are so important is that now, through the help of our animal companions, we're being invited to become global or galactic citizens, right? We understand the term global citizens, which just kind of indicates that as, you know, the human race living on, on planet Earth, we're all interconnected, right? There's no, you know, barriers between countries anymore. We all have sushi on a Tuesday. Um, you know, the products we use on a daily basis is, you know, it, it's things that we get from around the world. We're connected globally. Now we're being invited to become galactic citizens, which is starting to become part of the cosmic culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the most important and significant thing that I have noticed and that you shared was that our animal companions open mm -hmm. our hearts. And as a mm -hmm. result of opening our hearts, as you said, our intuition naturally and organically is heightened you know mm -hmm. there's a there's a direct correlation between an open heart and clear clear intuition because as we have all of these you know perhaps even traumatic experiences in this lifetime the heart can close in in terms of protection and then mm -hmm. you and then you spend time with these beautiful animals and your heart starts to open, open, open again. And then mm -hmm. you see clearly, you feel clearly, you hear clearly, and you also mm -hmm. gain access to what you're calling this galactic citizenship because you even regain mm -hmm. that, that open portal and connection um, with them. <laughs> so, and it's all a result yeah. of an open heart. Um, to keep Absolutely. it simple, right? <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. And, and they, open our hearts in ways that we don't expect. The other ways that our animal companions help us kind of open our intuition and take small steps is they are experts at the baby step, at like, you know, okay, take this step, now this step, now we're going to teach you this, now we're going to teach you that. Um, but the, the beautiful thing is even when connecting in with you know, different cosmic cultures, which is the language they've been giving me, that, that would be the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, the Lyrans, the, the Vagans, the Venusians, the Cassiopeians. These cosmic cultures 
are presenting themselves through the energy of animals so that we can start relating to them and understand who they are, what their energetic frequency is, what their vibration is by using um, animals as energetic points of reference. Um, so Pleiadian energy might be associated with, you know, dog or dolphin. Um, Arcturian energy might be represented by the energy of horse or rooster. So our animal companions are this really beautiful lexicon that we can use universally to understand characteristics, archetypes, shorthands, um, because all of us are familiar with animals and none of us have, you know, hang-up or baggage like we do with other humans. Yeah. And the cats, I mean, there's a lot of Syrian energy with the cats. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating um, what you're bringing through. And um, is there anything significant that you want to bring through with regard to some of this information sharing before we take callers? Because we have so many yeah. hands up and so many people wrote in, but I want to make sure mm-hmm. that you share um, all that feels significant to share. Yeah, so there are a few additional things that that they want to anchor in for us today, which is really about the principles of animal communication, because one of the biggest takeaways that um, our animal companions want to share is that every single one of us not only have the ability to, you know, engage in animal communication, but odds are we're really doing it on a daily basis and we're not even realizing we're doing it. So, you know, one of the the things that we've kind of touched upon is how our animal companions kind of open our heart and then open us up to new connections, whether it's galactic, whether it's angelic, whether it's the fairies and elementals. Our animal companions tend to be the first kind of connection, and then they can introduce in these energies slowly but surely. Um, Some of the ways they want to talk about that more practically, they work with us on a day-to-day to help us tap into our intuition is true training, right? So if you have a pet and you're doing traditional training, that helps us tap into our intuition alongside our animal companions. Because not only are we learning about ourselves and our abilities and, you know, how we best lead, but we're learning energetic coherence. And that's all about, you know, when we're training, it's going to be so important that, you know, not only do we, you know, intentionally know what we're trying to do, right? If I need my dog to sit, I need to be clear on what I energetically need him to do. I need to be clear with my body language, with my voice, and my energy also has to be calm so that they sit, right? So that they understand what I'm asking of them. So traditional dog training or pet training in general is so important for the most foundational aspects of, you know, communicating and opening our intuition, which is energetic coherence. But, um, you know, our animal companions also, you know, just spending time with them, they clear our space and our energy, our interactions with them help clear our energetic clutter. And that includes, you know, stories we have in our head, expectations, limiting beliefs, um, you know, so they really help clear all of that for us. How would you say that they do that if someone's wondering, like, mm-hmm. some examples of how they support with the energy clearing? Yeah. So as basic as puppy zoomies, for example, or a cat purring, they're mm-hmm. literally clearing our space when they're kind of running around or, or moving the yeah. energy or sounding or toning. But even on a deeper level, you know, what we started talking about with matching up, you know, pets' behavior with universal themes associated with our human chakras, that helps give us jumping off points, right? Mm-hmm. So if 
my dog has on-leash reactivity, you know, which we, we talked about as an example, and we're linking that with the first chakra. One of the limiting beliefs I want to look at is, you know, am I always waiting for the other shoe to drop? Do I feel like I always have to fight to protect anything of value? You know, all of these traditional training behaviors bring up those beliefs, those stories we tell ourselves, and we get an opportunity to clear that energy and replace it with a more beneficial thought, which is, I'm safe, secure, and protected, and so is my animal companion on leash. Um, so, you know, through traditional training, they literally clear the stories for us. Um, but they also act as those access points to open our hearts. And when our hearts are open, we get to explore different realms. We get to journey right. with them. We get to really have these spiritual experiences, even to the point that they teach us about shape-shifting and embodying different energy. Um, you know, if I am doing traditional training with my animal companion, I might want to shapeshift into the energy of elephant so that I hold that kind of big, sturdy energy so that when my pet is on leash, they feel this rhythmic, certain walk of an right. elephant of bigness. The strength. So, <laughs> exactly. The groundedness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, they teach us all these different things through our everyday, and these are all like their way of Mr. Miyagi and us, you know, for those who watched um, um, Karate Kid, to teach us to tap into different energies, frequencies, so that then we can tap into those bigger frequencies like the angelics, the galactics, or whatever other energies coming through for you. Mm-hmm. Now, with regard to the, you know, we're talking about domesticated animals, but mm-hmm. both the domesticated and the animals in the wild can help us or support us in in, in these clearings mm-hmm. for not only our personal lives and our homes and all of that, but the mm-hmm. collective as well. That's Absolutely. something to focus on, too. <laughs> Let's get into that. Fair. Yeah, and that's where a lot of the the special offer, which we'll get into, is focusing on, which is embodying the wisdom and magic available to us from all animals, especially Mm -hmm. animals in the wild. You know, we tend to think that animal communication or animal messengers is is a, a new age philosophy, but truthfully, humans have been looking at animal wisdom and magic for, you know, millennia. Animal symbolism is one of the oldest things that that we can tap into to understand their magic. And animals are always communicating with us. You know, I mentioned that I grew up in Sao Paulo, which is urban, and New York City, you know, spent most of my formative years there, too. Um, there, I wasn't seeing a panda in the wild, you know, I wasn't seeing a dolphin hop around, but that's where animals are always communicating with us, whether it's through art, through social media posts, or actually, you know, if I do see a, an animal in the wild, those are all ways to connect with them. And they're always communicating with us. We're just learning now to listen more closely and to trust the messages they're sharing. So anytime that we encounter an animal in our our day-to-day, we always want to ask ourselves four questions. One is what emotions, thoughts, or associations does this animal bring through, right? So what are my immediate, you know, you you did so beautifully with elephant. You're like, oh, that groundedness, right? Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful trait associated with elephant. The second thing we want to ask ourselves is what does this animal represent in my life right now? Are there traits that are reflective of, you know, how I'm leading my life right now, or there's some that I need to embody so that I can get through this obstacle or challenge. The third is, 
what do I know about cultural or mythological symbolism, right? I mean, think about all the symbolism of the animal, the peacock, right, such a symbol of royalty. Lion is one that, I mean, so steeped and rich in symbolism, whether it's religious, nobility, you know, cultural. And then the fourth is what message does this animal have for me? So if we can just train ourselves to ask, you know, four simple questions Mm -hmm. when we come across animals, we get to deepen our conversation with the animals. We get to open and expand our intuition. Um, And there's so much we can learn from them. No kidding. I think you mentioned that you listened to the first few shows back, um, but I think I talked about maybe on the first one back about how when I was spending so much time at the beach that there was this Mm. white heron that was there every day. And the morning I was asking, okay, what's next? And of course Mm. the heron was there, which to me represents freedom. It represents, Mm. um, you know, this serenity in the freedom. And I realized, wow, I feel so free that I can, I can come back and, and do the show again and still feel this same level of freedom and serenity, even mm. amongst, amidst the responsibilities that are, you know, that come with, with, you know, restarting this community. Mm. But it was a powerful, the connection that I created with this heron, you know, every day and that my dogs did too. Mm. They, it's like they would watch it too, but it's fascinating. And there was the message. And as soon as that day I came back um, inside and I was like, okay, I have the answer. I know my next step. I can go back mm. and still be free um, and fluid. And that's what's so important to me. And I want everyone to feel that way about you know, moving ahead in this journey of evolution to to implement the the fun frequencies, the freedom frequencies yeah. into whatever we're doing, and that heron <laughs> symbolized that and communicated I that. that. And what's so interesting is heron. Um, you know, because we all have our own associations with heron, and I think that's the coolest part about our you know animals and the wild, our animal companions, is we all get to create our own associations and different associations with the same animal, depending on different situations where we encounter them. But one thing that I love is that heron, in my experience, um, is associated with the Cassiopeians, um, as far as the the cosmic cultures. And the Cassiopeians, um, if you know anything about the constellation of Cassiopeia, mythology states that there was a queen, you know, Cassiopeia, and she was very vain, and as punishment, she was placed in the sky upside down on her throne to kind of, quote, unquote, think about what she's done (laughs) about her vanity. So she spends half half of the the year kind of sitting upright on the throne and half half of the year upside down on the throne. And what's so fascinating about it is it's all – the Cassiopeians are all about taking new perspectives. So taking a 180-degree perspective on any situation. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Heron, who's associated for me with the Cassiopeians, and the Cassiopeians who are associated with kind of this changing of perspective, I love that Heron helped kind of underscore that for you. They yeah. changed your perspective on what it meant to do the show, that you could still have this freedom. It changed your perception so that you could move forward in a high vibrational way. So that Definitely. is so cool. Definitely. And, and also with the animals, um, with dogs and cats, I mean, I feel like they bring unique 
um, energies to our lives. Um, mm-hmm. The communication I had with my cats was very different from my dogs. And a couple of people mm-hmm. were asking about that. Um, anything you can share on those unique um, differences? Yeah. Absolutely. So um, when we talk about animal communication, there's a few different ways that we tap into them, right? One is animal communication as a collective. So I might type top or sorry, tap in to the collective energy of dolphins. And so the message is going to come from a collective general standpoint. However, if I meet one specific dolphin, say I'm a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld, I have a very one-on-one relationship with a dolphin being. That's going to be different than tapping into the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. Same way that you can tap into American consciousness, but tapping in with Carrie is going to be a very different, unique experience. Mm-hmm. So whereas dogs are very associated collectively with the Palladians and our emotions, our individual experience with a little dog being in our life is going to be personalized and we're going to have very specific soul contracts with that dog based on the vibration of their names, the lessons we chose to kind of learn together, what their behaviors are reflecting to kind of get us through those lessons. So the one-on-one is going to be a very personal experience. So Mm -hmm. as you tap into animal communication, it's helpful to tap into the consciousness first because then you don't have those one-on-one expectations. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yes. Um, yeah, bringing up the dolphins, um, I don't have them in my daily life physically, but I connect with the collective, mm-hmm. the dolphin collective daily, um, with regard to bringing in joy. And, um, that is a potent, powerful presence <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, you know, they have tapping into that joy energy. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the dolphins, but, um, you and you also brought up something we haven't even talked about, which you are so beautiful at. You you bring in well, you just talked about soul contracts with our animals, which mm-hmm. is a, another conversation. But also um, their names and the numerology mm-hmm. and all of that, and that's part of what you do. Um, Got it the animals' names, and, and that's part of the offer, too, when, when someone has a session with you. Describe mm-hmm. a little bit about that for someone who's hearing that for the first time, what that's yeah. all about. So this goes along with the fact that pet parents are so incredibly intuitive, right? Just as, you know, a mom expecting a, a baby, you know, they, they come up with a name for that baby. When we have a little animal companion come into our life, we either come up with a name or we're drawn to an animal companion that has a specific name. And, you know, names are so important, whether it's our name or animal companions' names. Basically, they serve as energetic thumbprints. Every letter in our name is associated with a different vibration, a different number of one through nine. And depending on the pattern, the repetition of the numbers, which numbers are present in our names, which aren't, we can really understand ourselves and our pets by the numbers. We can understand our motivations, our tendencies, you know, what's the overall energetic thumbprint at which we vibrate. And when we compare our numbers with our animal companions' numbers, we can understand our similarities, how we complement each other, um, and where we're both, you know, uh, lacking. Maybe we're both working on the same lesson because neither of us have, the have um, you know, number eight in our name. So we're working around lessons on the themes of eight, which often can be about leadership and abundance and trusting the as above, so below. So when we as pet parents 
bring an animal into our world. We're bringing it with a name, and that name is calling in different lessons that we've agreed to with them. So numerology is <laughs> one of my favorite ways to wow. understand so what lessons are. So <laughs> give someone an example, like Bodhi, my, who's staring at me right now, B-O-D-H-I, mm-hmm. and he's just <laughs> smiling at me. <laughs> I love what, you know when they tilt their heads when they're, list, like they're listening like you're talking about me. So his name, I named him Bodhi. Mm-hmm. What, what would that suggest to you? So I love it. So first of all, he starts with a a B is a two, right? So he's got a lot of um, uh, even numbers. And when I see a lot of even numbers, it's two, six, four, eight, nine, right? Those are the letters that kind of the numbers that make up his name. And so those even numbers have to do with kind of playfulness. Uh, loving energy, and it's it's interesting because the two and the six, those are beautiful. Two is the second chakra, so it's that that kind of um, dove energy, that sensitivity, but it is also about reminding you to bring balance into your life. When we look at the energy of six associated with the O in his name, that tends to be all about family. Family is his life. He's all about his family, his pack, his home. That's his world. Mm-hmm. Four associated with the D is this beautiful energy of the heart, right? So at hit for him, four is the middle number within his name, indicating that everything he does at the center of everything he does is heart. Mm-hmm. Eight, he's got <laughs> that beautiful energy associated with, with H of eight, which I associate eight with lion. <laughs> and so he does have a little bit of that lion-heartedness, right, that mm-hmm. courageous, that open-heartedness. Yes. Um, but still, you know, he's he, he's got that courage, a little bit of that energy of lion. And then his name ends with the nine. And nine is the old soul compassionate. That's us stepping into our purpose work. That's us um, understanding spirituality and being way showers. So he truly supports you in that. And then if you give me two seconds, I will add this up because the the dirty secret is I'm horrible at math and I use my fingers, yet I love numbers. (laughs) (laughs) We'll hold. Exactly. Hold, please. So um, if math serves, it vibrates at an overall vibration of 29, which is 11 over 2. And 11 over 2 is a master vibration, which is all about, you know, if you look at, at what an 11 looks like, it almost looks like a highway, like a container, like a column of light and energy. Mm-hmm. 11 over 2 has to do with the inspired teacher. It has to do with animal companions that are incredibly connective intuitively and into the energy, and they can help amplify those connections for us in the energy. And a lot of times when I see that 11 over 2, for our animal companions, it means it's not your first rodeo together. You've been together in past lives, um, mm-hmm. so this is a, a familiar connection. Oh, oh yeah, reunion it was <laughs> and has been. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. And so there's, okay, I, before we take questions, let's go ahead and just tell people about your offer because we just showed you a little bit about the, the numerology aspect, but you've included quite a bit, and there's three different offers, and then, yes, I'm going to come to your questions, everybody. Um, okay, so go to straighttalkforthesoul.com, click on the Marketplace link. You will see Denise's beautiful face with a doggy in her arms. That's that's where we're going here. Um so the first offer is Unleash Your Intuition with Your Pets. Um, this one, Denise, is everything. Um, it's MP3s. This is all downloadable mm-hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead and describe that one first. Yeah. 
So really what what they um what I was guided to bring to the table is I want to empower everyone to tap into their own lexicon, to develop their own lexicon with animals, with the universe. But in order to do so, it's always helpful to have a starting point, right? So the first item in in this package is, uh, I believe it's 24, 25 pages long. It's a PDF, which talks about developing a lexicon with the universe through animal symbolism. And so the first few pages kind of set us up talking about animal symbolism. It talks about animals and seasons, right? There's different animals that represent different seasons. It talks about different ways for you to start unleashing your own unique interpretations um, with some exercises, some suggestions. And then we go into um, the symbolism of 20 different animals. So everyone from, you know, we have bear, we have chameleon, we have dragonfly, we have caterpillar, we have, um, you know, uh, wasp, we have a flamingo, a lot of different energies to serve as a jumping off point. And this PDF becomes a little bit of a workbook, right, because there's there's questions for you to answer yourself about your own associations with the animals, but then I share some of the general themes associated with the, these animals as well. So the intention is this PDF becomes a jumping off point, a little bit of a workbook, so that you can get your own energetic juices flowing with the animals, kind of familiarize yourself with them in your unique way. And then to go deeper, the second item is going to be a PDF as well that talks about journeying with pets, um, because the next few items in this package are going to be guided journeys and meditations. So this is just a helpful PDF that talks about, you know, setting up expectations before a journey, what kind of questions you can ask yourself, preparing you and your animal companion for it. And this PDF in particular goes a little deeper on the energy of lion. Because what's so interesting about the way this package came together is the next three items are going to be three different journeys with lion in different <laughs> And so what I love about this is we get to, through these journeys, understand different traits, characteristics, and roles that that same animal companion can play in our life, just in different contexts. And mm-hmm. um, so we get a deep dive on how to connect with lion. The first MP3 is connecting with lion and your power animal in a guided meditation. So lion's going to introduce you to a power animal that wants to support you for this phase. Mm-hmm. Um, the next guided meditation and mp3 is connecting with cosmic lion and the 12 pillars of light where he's going to take you to tap into your infinite abundance and multi-dimensional gifts um you meet cosmic lion on the starlit beach it's really quite beautiful i love that (laughs) and then um the fifth item is visiting the kashic realm with lion as a guided meditation so lion's going to bring you and invite you into the akashic realm where you can go into the library and open your book and change the narrative if you'd like. Um, oh. So it's that invitation that as humans, we're no longer just, you know, allowed to take a glimpse in our books. We're really being invited to be the authors of our own story. Um, and all of these MP3s are, are roughly around 15 minutes long. You can stream them. You can download them to your phone. And the cool thing is, you're invited to do these over and over and over again because you're always going to get a different experience, a different mm-hmm. answer, a little deeper. Um, so they're kind of cool to have on hand. And, of course, your animal companion's invited to join you along for the, for the journey. Yeah. And the last 
element is the bonus item, which is joining our private membership group live oracle card reading. So you'll be invited to join us as we pull um, different oracle cards and we'll go deeper with animal symbolism and the messages for you in particular. Um, we pull for the group. If you like pulling oracle cards, you're invited to pull for the group as well. And then we go around and we do individual readings for everybody who joins. Nice. And then there's another five-day bonus offer, which is Translating Beyond Behavior. Um, it's an ebook, which this is mm -hmm. always important to highlight, um, you know, what these behaviors mean and what they're trying <laughs> to communicate to you <laughs> with mm -hmm. them. Yeah, and those are kind of like the seven major lessons that all our animal companions want us to know. Um, so they're really great reminders about the roles our animals play in our lives, what we're being invited to step into and do and, and, and work with alongside them. So I love the messages. It's super sweet. It's like chicken soup for the soul from the animals. Ah, <laughs> so all of that is offer A, and then mm -hmm. we move to offer B, and um, this is everything that you just talked about in offer A plus um, a private intuitive reading with mm -hmm. you. Um, this is um, a numerology assessment um, included with that intuitive reading, mm -hmm. the recorded audio of all of this. So. Um, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I've had them with you. They're wonderful. And it's worth mentioning that different animal communi communicators get different sorts of information. Yes. Some get out of this toy. Others get a lot of medical information. What tends to come through most strongly for me is what's going on in the human's life through the lens of the pet. Because when we understand our gifts, our abilities, uh, we vibe higher and so can they. So if left to their own devices, that's what they bring through. But you're allowed to you know, any questions, it's really conversational. And you don't have to have a pet in order to do the intuitive reading. You know, we can tap into the energy of just animals more generally. Or if your pet's transitioned, we can tap into them as well. You don't have to currently have a pet in order to do the reading. Yeah, a lot of people wrote in about, you know, wanting to connect with a, a pet that has crossed yeah. over and so um certainly that can be part of it i know that's been a part mm -hmm. of it with us in the past too so yeah. um yeah. grateful that you included that and then we have offer c so it's mm -hmm. everything in a and the intuitive reading um yeah. and numerology assessment in b plus um a mindful approach to dog training which is um an online dog training you know, bundle course. <laughs> yeah. So this is the add-on for the dog parent who's, who really wants to not only open their intuition through animals in the wild, and but also, you know, mindfully work on any, you know, training with their animal companions. And whether it's a puppy or a longtime companion, um, this bundle covers everything. It covers setting your, your dog up for success. It covers independence training and separation anxiety. Uh, we go into benevolent housebreaking. housebreaking, managing unwanted behaviors like barking, nipping, chewing. And the cool thing is this is kind of a new approach to dog training where it's not only traditional training using right. positive reinforcement techniques, but we also talk and tap into the energy behind the behavior. What might it be saying about you? And then you have like different activities and meditations and fun things to connect energetically with your animal companion throughout the process. 
And you yes. also get to learn all the basic obedience commands. So, you know, if you're dealing with problematic behavior with your pets that you're looking to shift, this is great. Or if you're just looking for, you know what, I, I want to have some sort of cadence and have collaboration with my animal companions and fun activities, this works for you as well. And everything is streamable, instantly downloadable, and kind of walks you through the process step by step. Mm-hmm. This is an energetic approach, which is, but it gives you all the necessities on every level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for including so much um, <laughs> for people to explore and delve into with all of these offers. As always, um, if you're new to the community, um, we do offer the three pay option. You can um, purchase any of these and pay them over three months if that's helpful for you. And um Okay, Denise, so many hands up and so many questions in the webcast. Um, I'm going to go to some of our live callers, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I will just preface. One thing that's always helpful when we're asking questions is um, we always get richer information coming through if there's something specific you want to ask, like, you know, whether it's something going on with your animal companion or there's a question that you want to ask about a, a situation going on in your life or you know, what animal is looking to support me in the moment as I'm working through X, Y, and Z. The reason yeah. for that is when we just say, does my animal have messages for me? We we don't get a lot of richness because the intention isn't there. So I, I encourage everyone to ask specific questions. Yeah. And if we could keep it to just, you know, a sentence or two of the the description of what you're looking to to work mm-hmm. on or ask any that would be wonderful so we can get to quite a few of you. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. So name and species. Yes. Oh, too. If it's a dog and its name is Bodhi, that's really helpful because numerology comes into play and we're able to tap into that energy more specifically. Yes. Okay. And again, it's star two to raise your hand. Most of you know that. Okay. Here we go. Our first caller is area code 951. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned the wasps because it reminded me that that's actually the question I have. Last year I had wasps around my house, and this year I have even more. And I'm, like, opening a window. My window's open out, and they lift their wings to and their bodies to get out of the way as I open and close wow. this window. And I think I have, like, nine nests. And for the first time last week, I got stung under my Mm -hmm. lip on the right side. And Mm -hmm. I asked, well, you know, why they're here. And I'm just curious. I got an answer. I don't know if it Mm -hmm. was accurate, but I'm curious what Mm -hmm. you have to say. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And, And what's your name? I'm sorry. I think I missed it. Michelle. Michelle, thank you for sharing that, um, and thank you for being a, a home to our wasp friends. One thing that comes through with wasps is wasp is one of those, and I call them animals. I know they're insects, but for me, insects fall under animals. Um, they're one of the misunderstood ones. They're actually incredibly social and incredibly community-oriented, and they feel that you truly understand and you see them for what they are. Part of that 
thing had to do with the sense of community and especially when it comes to your intuition. Um, so the right-hand side has to do with our, our male energy, usually our masculine aspect. But for you, what they're showing is there is this desire or request or invitation for you to create more of a sense of community based on your own intuition. So whether it's an intuitive group, a spiritual book reading group, um, I know you're part of this community, which is a perfect kind of space to have that, but they're inviting you to be to take more of a leadership role in creating community that have high vibrational kind of conversations, experiences, and exchanges. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. And um, Michelle, one thing I will, I will just add also is that, you know, if that doesn't align with the message you get, it doesn't negate it, right? With our animal companions, there are discussions and conversations, and oftentimes their their messages are, you know, they have, it's not just a single thesis, right? There's a lot of different things. So it's important for all of us to trust our intuition, trust the messages that are coming through, and kind of see how they all interplay together. Yeah, what they told me was they're holding the energy of forward movement. Oh, mm. lovely. That mm. is so beautiful. Yeah, they are your allies, and um, you you see them for who they are, which they really appreciate. You know, a lot of people are scared or have different preconceptions of wasps, and, and you you have to live and let live, you know, the collaborative um, mm. community aspect to it. So they are so appreciative. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you, Denise. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of wasp nests around here, too. And that's an interesting perspective that I had not, yeah, realized. And, um, okay, I'm going to go to um, area code 920. You're live. Are you with us? Nine two. Oh wait, did I do that right? Um, yeah, yes, I'm here. Oh I'm hi. Here. Okay. Hi, this is Linda. Hi, Linda. Um, oh, I'm so excited that you've got Denise. I have a really important question. I have a mm-hmm. grand dog that her name is Lady, and she is doing something that they've already taken her to a vet, and several times, and the vet can find nothing wrong with her. But what she does is she turns around and she bites herself, and then she goes and licks her privates. But the biting entails the the tail, and she's, like, biting it off type of thing, like taking huge mm-hmm. chunks off. I don't know if it's a nerve. I don't know what it is. Do you see anything at all? Mm-hmm. She is a um, uh, blue healer. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So sweet little lady. Um I'm not a medical intuitive. That's definitely not my expertise. So I, I do say, you know, work with vets, trust your intuition, but I can share what's coming through in the energy. And so part of, um, so Lady has a lot of 11 over 2 energy in her, within her name, with the, the four and the seven side by side at the end. Um, and her name starts with that, that three, one energy. And whenever I see the energy of three for our animal companions, um, it can indicate not feeling comfortable in the skin, um, which translates to kind of allergies or, you know, stuff like that, some itchiness a lot of the times. With her, Lady just seems incredibly sensitive. 
Um, so it does feel like it's linked with her to a little bit of anxiety. And it's interesting because the energy that she's kind of showing me is the same way that, you know, if a, a human child might be very sensitive and picking up on a lot of emotions of the community, of the home, or, you know, whatever's kind of going on in the collective, they might try to find a sense of control by having some of that, like, obsessive behavior. Um, they might develop, you know, a, a disorder of sorts or, or try to find control by repeating, you know, same movements. So it feels like for Lady, what she's showing in the energy, it's a sense of control. So when she feels like all the, the feels and energy of the collective and the home and what's going on, that's her way of kind of grounding herself and creative control is by giving that little kind of grounding nip on herself mm -hmm. and then kind of licking to bring herself back. Um, so it feels almost like a little bit of, I'm not going to use the word compulsive behavior, but it's kind of like, you know, one of those, like, behaviors to cope with feeling out of control or feeling different emotions. So one thing well, that they're invited to I'm sorry. Yeah, so there's I'm saying, sorry, I didn't if, mean to interrupt. Oh, no, that's okay. So they're saying if you can create an energetic, have her parents, and, and you can do this as well from a distance, create an energetic kind of shield around her, help cleanse the energy, um, cleanse the energy of the home, of her space. She just, she's, she's very, her energy is porous. She absorbs a lot. Because oh, she cries when she does this. I mean, it's like, a, it's really a bad cry. And yeah, um, then she takes it out on everybody else around her. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a little bit of anxiety. Um, it, because she's empathically up on, on so much going on around her. So it's, her way to try to control and then act out the frustration. Oh, thank you so much. You are a doll. I love it. Thank you, Carrie, for having Denise. I'm, I've tried to get on to talk to her for many times, and I've never been able to. So oh. I thank you both very, very much. Oh, thank uh, you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. And one final message is traditional dog training is going to help, right? It helps build confidence. It gives their mind something to focus on so we can teach her better protocols through teaching her commands, playing a game of fetch when she's in that mode to help her move the energy in a healthier way. So don't, so I, I always want to encourage us to never discount traditional training in combination with the energetic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Training, but not a lot. But thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Denise, too. Um, okay, let's see. Moving on to um, area code five. Let's see, where was I? Five three zero. You're live. Oh, hi. Can you hear hi. me? Sure can. Hi. Yes. I'm so glad you're back. Me, by the way, I was really sad when, when you said you weren't <laughs> oh, anymore. Thank you. All of us, so. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're here. We're all gifts to each other. I miss oh. you guys. I miss all of you. So anyway, we're all here oh. now. <laughs> Yay. Yes. So I'm calling, and I, I had called um, before, a year or so ago, and my dog, her name is, um, my name is Lisa. And um, my dog's name is BB, B-E-B-E. And I remember, uh, I think it was the beginning of last season, and she was uh, about my inner child. And um, she's a sweet little soul. Oh, and I remember this now. I remember mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. BB. And um, she's very sensitive. Uh, she's an empath mm -hmm. and so can mm -hmm. sense 
so much stuff around her and is obsessed with me. Like, won't even let me go in the bathroom by myself. And even mm-hmm. though all the rest of my family's here, my husband gets so mad. He's like, I'm trying to pet her, and all she's doing is watching, sitting up watching you. <laughs> Where's my mama? <clears throat> and um, she's just so sweet, and I feel like she absorbs a lot of energy from all of us around mm-hmm. here. And I just want to know, is there just anything I can do to support her, make her life happier, get her a, mm-hmm. an animal companion, um, <laughs> <laughs> anything uh, that I'm not yeah. yeah, so Lisa, that's such a beautiful question and sweet little baby. We're so glad that she's making another appearance here with us and on the beautiful platform. So, um, you know, an interesting thing, and, and I don't know if I told you this last time or not, but it's cute because your first name, Lisa, um, vibrates at the same energy as BB, 14 over 5. So one of the things to, to remember is when you say and you ask the question, is there anything I can do to make her life better? you're asking yourself that question, right? What can you do, Lisa, to make your life better? Because when your life is better, more fulfilled, you have more time to do what you love, then she benefits from that as well. She does want to share that she has a little spirit guide of her own, and it's a butterfly, and it flutters, and it's as sweet and gentle as she is. So anytime that you're out and about and you see a butterfly and BB's not with you, that's her. <laughs> She's like on oh. the wings of those butterflies just saying, hey, come on home now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can oh my Keep long, come back. Um, oh. So she's so happy and so, you know, so linked to you and your heart. And she can't imagine anything better other than more and more and more time with you. Um, but we <laughs> do want to make that she feels confident and we do training with her and we let her know that she's okay with us. But she's your little soul dog and you know that. I do, and she is just, and it makes me cry about the butterflies because um, I live up in the mountains, and so, mm-hmm. you know, we've got all the, matter of fact, I'm watching a um, a raven down on the driveway, just walking around, getting a drink, and, and I've got four turkeys in the backyard, wild turkeys, they're like my little pets, and wow. uh, we've got nine, nine deers, and we just had a, a praying mantis that seems to follow me around lately the last couple of days, <laughs> but butterflies. Um, yellow butterflies. Well, we have a couple different, the black ones and then the, um, these yellow ones and they're so beautiful. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm always, I have a, I make up a song. Yellow butterfly, yellow butterfly. Come uh, on. And, and they'll come fly around my head. Mm-hmm. I did not even know that that, it has to do with baby. Oh, so sweet. So connected. <laughs> You've got a lot of messages guarding from all these amazing animals surrounding you how cool is that yeah it is it is it is pretty wonderful and i i call it my animal sanctuary so that's so and what (laughs) i heard you to do is you tap into the energy of those animals is you know of course we always want to be good conversationalists right so we want to avoid yes or no questions we can ask them something about themselves something about the world something about you Um, But also keep in mind the numbers, right? You were specific about the numbers of some of them. So whatever the traits, for example, the turkey, I think you were talking about that there were three, whatever the traits of the turkey that kind of jumps out at you, remember that probably has to do with themes of the third chakra. So if you're, 
your, do you have any associations with Turkey? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Turkey energy? Um, gosh, I don't even know. Um, uh, they're like a, so you know, they're like pack. They go in a pack. And, hmm. Okay, perfect. So, so the pack, and also for me, it's the gobble. I can hear the sound, right? The, 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 the gobbling. So remember that mm-hmm. the third chakra is all about stepping into your power, creative expression, putting projects out there, putting your energy out into the world. So I would encourage you when you're thinking about Turkey and tapping into the energy of Turkey, start toning, start, start making sounds, start singing and putting that out there. Um, to help amplify and um, empower that third chakra, that energy of the creative spark. And so turkey for you, when you see those three turkeys running around or one or the other, remember, is igniting that creative spark. What do you feel creatively driven to do? What brings you joy? Do it in that moment. That's gonna Like the butterfly song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A turkey oh, song. Yeah, uh-huh. Butterfly, butterfly, I love you. <laughs> Oh, oh. So yeah, I will. I really will. And they're very these this this group of turkeys is is very smart. I know people say turkeys are not the smartest, um, but these ones are. And um, <laughs> they bring their babies and lay, lay on my front porch, right in front of my glass door. She'll peck at the window. It's the cutest thing. And um, anyways, yeah. And I've noticed. I just want to. I'm sure you'll have. Maybe I missed it the first couple minutes of the call, but um, that I've noticed the animals are very sensitive to, like, world energies right now, mass collective consciousness, Mm -hmm. and it's been a little crazy around here. I'm not going to lie. We're literally, I've got crows squawking, ravens squawking, (laughs) ten birds, big black birds in the tree going on and on, the turkeys staring up at the sky. It's the weirdest thing. And they make this, like, (laughs) purring like a purring sound, and they go and they walk slowly and hide under the tree while they're staring at the sky. And, um, yeah, and the deers, too, they'll look at me like, hey, are you going to take care of that? <laughs> What's going on? And so I have to clear world energies a lot. And, yeah. and like, the fear, the fear is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's other people so- might be noticing that with their yes. animals. I just want to say. And so they can absolutely be litmus tests of being like, okay, time to clear. Time to do a big clearing right now. Um, so I yeah. love that you've already looked into that. They are our partners. Right. They're our messengers. They're our litmus <laughs> tests. A lot of times, you know, we use they're the um, canary in the gold mine, right? If something's off, they'll let us know, mm-hmm. you know, first mm-hmm. and foremost. So I love this connection you have and, and the menagerie right. that you that you get <laughs> with. Well, and if you are providing that beautiful space for that, um, Lisa. Well, Lisa, thank you for You're being so here. You're so welcome. And, but yeah, um, I, would, I, would, I would encourage other people that maybe their animals are acting odd mm-hmm. <laughs> or fearful to clear their space more of world yeah. energies and mass consciousness energies. Clear fear and replace it with unconditional love. And clear it from exactly. all the Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. And, um, yeah, it is so powerful that they, yeah. <laughs> so many mm-hmm. beings who have written into have a lot of animals. So I, I think we have a lot of animal lovers, which is not surprising, you know, in mm-hmm. this community. And there's a lot of clearing happening, you know, with them. 
And for all of you to be holding these spaces for them is beautiful, um, like you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to go to the webcast because so many of you wrote in. Okay, gosh, so many of you. All right. If you wrote in a while back, let me know you're still here. Um, for now, I'm going to go toward the top because I think that you're probably most likely still here. Okay, Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y from Indianapolis. Hi, Carrie. Um, I have a senior rescue dog, Scruffy. Scruffy is 17 years old. She's losing her sight and hearing and has a large tumor behind her left ear. She's still, she seems to be very happy and enjoying life, but I want to be sure that she's not suffering or experiencing pain. That's mm. little Scruffy, who's 17. Mm, sweet Scruffy. Oh my goodness. Um, so the biggest thing that jumps out, so two things. Um, one is Carrie, in your name, you have um, that 11 over 2 master vibration, so that kind of very connected to the energy. Plus, you have the 59, which means the empathic healer. You feel, you can sense, um, and then you can kind of process and, and cleanse energy from there. Um, so this is going to be important because this is Scruffy's way of highlighting that you are intuitively and telepathically connected to her and that you can feel what she feels. So this this um, reservation that she might be in pain, let that go. You can tap into her energy um, kind of repetitively throughout the day or once a day, however often you feel drawn to do so, and feel into it. You'll know if she's in pain because you were, you will empathically feel it in your body as well as a sensation. So Scruffy is, is giving you an open invitation to tap into her energy to see what you sense. Now the cool thing about Scruffy is her name, you know, um, with that double F, what really kind of pops out is that 66 energy. And that amplified six energy as she presents it to you is you having, you seeing yourself for what you are. And what you are is uh, empathic, medical, intuitive. Mm. You can very much feel into what's needed, how people are feeling, and whether, like, yeah, it's time to intervene or it's time to just let it naturally take its course. So in this relationship, you rescued her, but part of the contract you had together was you being able to sense and feel into physically what's going on with her to build your intuitive muscle so that you start trusting more the energy you're feeling, the sensations you're feeling as you tap into her. Um, Because if you'd like, this can translate to more broader um, gifts and abilities. But you are empathically linked. You know. Don't fear it. Feel into it, and you'll know if it's a yes or a no. Yes, Carrie. Um, I hope you heard that. Would love for you to write back in and let us know. Um, thank you, Denise. Um, Maya, I know you said you're still here, so I found your original uh, message. Um, she said, "Hi, goddesses. My god, my dog came to me in this previous incarnation, in his previous incarnation, as a female lab, and told me I am your dog. The first time I met him or her at a friend's house." A few years later, he came as an adorable male golden lab named Marley, M-A-R-L-E-Y, and stayed for 11 years. We loved him beyond words can express. Um, may I ask when and how we met? And is it possible to be a get- together again in this life? Thank you, millions. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. 
So I'm just and Maya is M A Y A. Is correct. that correct? Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, hmm. So here's here's what comes through with Sweet Marley. Wow. First of all, what a journey together. That's so beautiful. Um, and this is all about puzzle pieces. And it's so interesting that Marley kind of presented in that way because puzzle pieces only work and fit together when you have one receiving piece and one piece that kind of extends into the other. And so this is part of why Marley came back as a male and then as a female. It was about the yin and yang. It's about the, you know, if you think of that yin and yang symbol, how the two pieces come together perfectly and, and touch and, and kind of fit together. So Marley for you is the yin and yang piece. Whenever you need balance in your life, whenever you're looking for that missing piece, whenever you're feeling like there's there's something missing, there's an aspect, something that you're not picking up on, that's where Marley can come in and bring that clarification. It feels like right now Marley is complete in um, his and her um, current mission with you, but that's not to say that you guys aren't going to connect in different ways. Marley's biggest invitation to you is to see Marley as the two components. It's almost like seeing, uh, gosh, I don't even know their name. Um, maybe you do, Carrie. In Indian culture, there's Kali and someone else. There's the male and female counterparts. Um, uh, anyway, it's about seeing that, that kind of goddess-like version of the male and female coming together in one embodiment and working with that energy in your life right now, Maya. Because what you are here to do, according to Marley, is to activate the male-female balance in others. So as you do your spiritual work, as you activate that within yourself, Marley in, its both, in, in both his and her iterations coming together is that energy source you tap into to activate that balance of the masculine and feminine through the heart center mm. Mm. that was a beautiful message and i i hope that you heard that um regarding marley and oh i love this okay um i'm going to deborah deborah d-e-b-r-a by the way from Pittsburgh, um, said, hi, Carrie and Denise, my dog, Bella, B-E-L-L-A, Bella and Deborah, has a recurring skin infection and a rash um, off and on for almost three years. Um, I would love to understand the meaning of this rash, what I can do to help her get rid of it once and for all. Um, what does she want me to know most right now? And who in the family of the three of us is she most here for? Mm, okay, beautiful. And so, Deborah, sorry, how do you spell that? D E B B R A, just B R A. Let me just tap into this. Okay, so here's here's the interesting thing, Deborah. Um, Bella, the skin rash makes sense because Bella, with that double L, has the thirty three energy. And I think we spoke a little bit earlier with Lady that when there's that three energy, it tends to do with being comfortable in our own skin. And for our animal companions, it can manifest itself in like skin allergies or you know rashes or that kind of thing. And so Bella not only has one three, she has two, right? And so the amplified three, the 33 over six, is also the master vibration of the cosmic parent. So Bella is very tied to the stars, the cosmos, our galactic consciousness, our cosmic cultures. 
And when we have a lot of the star energy in our animal companions, and by the way, also in ourselves, sometimes we can feel a bit more uncomfortable in the human experience, right? Because it's a bit more dense than other realms and embodiments can feel. So for Bella, the skin thing has to do with a little bit of not fully being of this earth. And because she's so big hearted, because she's, her energy is so expansive, she just, you know, um, it's almost like she can't fit in her skin. It's, it's not quite like the perfect fit. She hasn't um, acclimated to the earth energy. So the way that you can help her, Deborah, is by tapping more fully into that stellar energy. And in particular, the Venusians are, is what's coming true for you, Deborah. So that energy of Venus, the muse energy, the being in the flow, the think of like the Shafani flowing material, um, the seven sisters, the muses, um, that's the energy that, that, um, that is going to help Bella feel more comfortable here on Earth because there's more flow, there's more of that purpley vibe versus the red, the, the um, yellow vibe that she's associating with the feeling in her skin. So it's like those cooling hues, the energy of the muse, the energy of Venus. And for you, Deborah, you have a lot of channeling um, energy in your in your name. So start channeling the energy of the muse and inspiring not only Bella, but those around you by simply creating space for yourself to be inspired too. It, it really has to do with creative flow, the muse energy, and creating space for that flow that's going to help Bella the most. Hmm. Beautiful message for you, Deborah. I hope you heard that. Um, thank you, Denise. And now I'm going to Missy, M-I-S-S-Y. Um, still here would love any answer regarding how she has two dogs that, um, have, that are deceased, Fawn, F-A-W-N, and Hula, H-U-L-A. Um, she's wondering if she has a mess, if there's a message from them or she'll ever have, she'll have another dog currently without one for the first time in her life and lots of sadness. Mm, oh my goodness. Um, so I'm so sorry to hear that that um, Fawn and Hula are, are no longer physically with you. But, you know, it's interesting with, with Fawn, we have a lot of this 55 energy in Fawn's name, plus that six energy, which is all about kind of intuition and trusting our own intuition. So Fawn is going to help you most with messages. Um, and Hula is going to help you more with the receiving energy of those messages, both Fawn and Hula are acting as radio transistors, helping you tune into the right station, quote unquote, in the energy. And the way that you're able to kind of find and feel into that station is finding and feeling into the moments and situations and frames of mind in which you feel most connected to them. Because they are talking, talking, talking. I mean, they're showing themselves as like NPR radio. It's just all talk all the time. Um, and they're doing that so you can tune into their messages. So their voice is always going to be broadcasting so that when you find that, that channel, you're like, oh, there it is. Got it. Now I can hear them crystal clear is the word that they're using. Mm -hmm. So they're saying right now it's not that, um, they don't want you to, to think about quote unquote filling the void with another animal companion, not that you necessarily are, but the reason this void feels so big is because it's that's going to beckon you to tune into them and listen for their messages 
and really attune your clear audience. I mean, clear audience for you is huge, that ability to hear messages. Because once you've attuned to them, then you're going to be able to hear a whole symphony of messages and energetic connections. They're really kind of that gateway opening you up to bigger connections. Oh, Missy. Opening up to that symphony of connection. (laughs) Missy, I know you wrote in a few times. I hope that you heard that uh, message. And this is an interesting question from Heidi in Tucson. She said, can having a lot of nicknames for one pet cause energetic clutter or confusion or an identity crisis because of all the different (laughs) numerological aspects at play? I have so many nicknames for each of my cats. I love that. That is amazing. (laughs) And so, Heidi, for you, the invitation is to really learn numerology and pull the numerology of the different names because what you tap into is something so powerful that all of us as pet parents can do. I love that we have a million different names for our animal companions, right? I have one pet that comes to mind. His name is Lex. He was everything from Lex to the Colonel, the Colonel Lexington III. I mean, we call them everything. And so when we are working with our animal companions, understanding the vibration that we're using is really helpful. For training, you might want to name that pet carries more focus, that has some three energy in it, some one energy, which is grounded, some two energy that feels kind of balanced um, and kind of collaborative in the energy. Whereas if you are looking to go on a journey with your animal companion, use the name that maybe has more 11 vibrations or that vibration of 11 over 2, which is more about being connected in the energy. Um, That way we can leverage the right nickname for the right situation. So the same way that we're inviting you to create a lexicon with the universe through animals, create a lexicon through the universe with numbers, through numerology. and that's going to be a powerful way to leverage all those names. And if math isn't your thing, numerology isn't your thing, intuitively feel into which name is sassy and which name is more focused and which feels more expansive and energetic and just use mm-hmm. them mindfully. Yeah, in each situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think all of us have so many names, depending on the moment, the, the, the what, yeah whether it's more of a serious moment or a playful moment or a whatever. Um, <laughs> that was a great question, Heidi, and a beautiful that. answer, Denise. Thank you. Um, Jenna, J-E-N-N-A in New York, uh, said, hi, Carrie and Denise. I'm looking for a great job that will match me and my soul. Which animal wants to support me? I'm feeling a lioness. But I'll be grateful for any insight. Thank you. Blessings and love from Jenna. I love that, Jenna. Beautiful question. So one second. Let me feel into it. So the one thing, Jenna, that I love that you're feeling lioness because your first name vibrates at that 17 over 8. And we talked a little bit earlier about 8, at least for me, being the number of the lion, right, that majestic, that beautiful leader, that um, that cosmic lion that's connected to the stars, the, the Lyra star system, as well as down below, the king of the jungle. The other thing about your name, which is fantastic, Jenna, is you have, first of all, some of my favorite numbers. You have triple five, the 555, five, five, which is all about communication, leadership, 
um, helping people see different perspectives. And then, but it starts with the 15, the one five, which in my experience, I always associate with like Aries energy, that energy of just, I know what I know. I know who I am. I know the path. I know where we need to go. Um, and then it's flanked by 51 at the end. So your name is so balanced and so ripe and so beautiful for a leadership role. Now, it's not leadership as in that masculine domination. I'm going to, you know, put a, a square hole in square peg or whatever that expression is. This is about benevolent leadership where you have the most powerful, beautiful roar. So bring Lion in to interviews. And eventually when you find a job into the meeting, if Lion isn't next to you and doesn't give you the roar after the interview or in the waiting room or wherever it is when you're thinking about that, it's not for you. This mm -hmm. internal roar, by the way, is your third chakra just amplified, just all that beautiful energy of that third chakra opening up and giving that golden sparkly alchemizing light around you. You truly are a change maker. You're inspiring others. You are here to create beautiful output that makes this world a brighter, more inspired, creative place. So that lion's roar, it's internal. It's not inviting you to, you know, yell at people or, or intimidating people. But if you don't let that roar out, man alive, is it going to get you frustrated? Oh. So find, <laughs> find a job interview where you look to lion next to you and does he roar or not? That's the litmus test. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful message. I hope you heard that. Um Okay, Peggy Ray. Welcome, Peggy Ray. P-E-G-G-Y-R-A-Y-E. -E. Um, she adopted her cat, Callie, C-A-L-I, when she was 10 years old after her owner passed. She had mm -hmm. some health issues this year, which bonded us even further. What are we here to do for each other? Oh, my goodness. So sweet. I love that. So here's the most beautiful, sweet, lovely message I, I think I've heard in a long time. So, Peggy, you have amplified seven energy between the P's, the G's, and the Y's. It's all seven, right? And so seven is that number of faith in moments of crisis. So the role you're playing in each other's life is you were really here to show Callie that she could have faith in humans in moments of crisis, that in moments of crisis, there is going to be a soft landing. There are people who love her and care for her and will catch her if she feels like she's falling or losing her footing. So it's so beautiful because oftentimes we always think of our animal companions as being the ones here to teach us the, the lessons and to be our rocks. Peggy Ray, you are Callie's rock. She needed to learn that she could trust and you're providing that trust for her. So what a beautiful, beautiful service you are doing for, for Callie and animals in general. Yes, yeah, she had also said that Callie's a great communicator. She answers me, and her meows sound like actual words. Oh, <laughs> I've had a few oh. of them that were like that, too. <laughs> yes. So um, sweet. And it's funny, because Callie's name vibrates at a 16 over 7. Uh, so that those themes around 7 are really, really powerful. Peggy Ray, I hope that you heard that. I want to re read a few of the, the feedback messages we got. Um, 
Missy said, oh, bless you both. That message was crystal clear. Now I understand what to truly focus on. I didn't want to replace or fill that void and was trying to learn a new way to soothe my heart. This is incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those girls were powerful emitters of love here, and they still are. Yes, Missy, thank you. Um, And Deborah wrote back in and said, wow, such wonderful information and great details. Thank you both lovely ladies so very much. I felt the deep resonance with what you were saying, and Bella was right beside me and picked up her head as though she was listening. And when you finished, she looked at me and nodded her head and then just laid back down. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, and Maya wrote back in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I heard it. I'm so grateful. Denise is so gifted and delightful. Uh, You're both so amazing. I'm in awe. Thank you so much for everything. This message moved me so deeply, and I am so grateful uh, for uh, blessings and love back to you. Thank you, Maya. We're so glad you're here. Um, And Heidi, too, said, Thank you. I was just going through all my current current and previous cat names and numerologies and started to do a couple of the nicknames as well. Love all the numbers. This is all so fascinating. Yeah. And Jenna just wrote back in. Wow. Thank you from my heart for this amazing message, Denise. You rock. I am so grateful for your guidance and insights. Exactly what I needed. Uh, Bless you both. Thank you, Jenna, for the Mm -hmm. feedback. And, um, Wow. And to everyone else, that if we didn't get to you, I'm so sorry. Hopefully that just the energy here and just some of the, the wisdom that has come through has been supportive. And of course, um, even those of you who did get a mini reading, if you want to go further, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to get the session and the numerology aspect of it as well. And then for those of you, I know a lot of you are very interested in going deeper um, with regard to learning more of the energetic approach to um, drug training and that, that final offer. So, so much to look into. And Denise, you're, you're always so fun and joyful to be around and you bring through such wisdom you know blended with joy (laughs) you know it's easy when we're talking about animals right i mean they they're just such a beautiful starting point and i just want to say thank you to everyone for sharing your stories your pets with us what's going on um and it's always so interesting to see the themes that that tend to carry through in these live q a's yeah so thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and your animal companions. Absolutely. And all of you out there are so gifted and intuitive Mm -hmm. yourselves. And, you know, we support each other in remembering to to honor and trust that. And that seemed to be a theme today um, um, toward the end there with people having so many gifts and that their pets are really supporting them with um, honing those and trusting them, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Denise, as we wrap up, my dear, any any final message or anything else that you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Well, I think along the lines of of what you you were saying, the animals do want to highlight, you know, everything that we talk about here, everything that they do in our day to day is to really help us see ourselves in a more multidimensional light, to see ourselves through their eyes and through the lens of the pets, which is we have so many abilities. We have so many gifts. We have such big hearts. We're 
so attuned to the energy and our intuition is so strong. They're just here reminding us and helping kind of push us in little ways. But, oh, my gosh, listen to your voice inside your head or the feelings that you feel in your body. Start understanding and playing with your intuition or with numbers or with animal oracle cards. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways for us to tap into the wisdom of the animals. And whichever way you choose to go, you have their full support. So it's about staying playful, staying curious, and just playing with the animals. At the end of the day, that's, that's the best way to open your intuition is when you're playing with them, joyful, and not taking it too seriously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Then your heart opens and then everything mm-hmm. else opens, right? <laughs> Denise, thank you. And to everyone who's joined us or who will join us, thank you for the gift of your time and your openness and your love and your presence. Um, write in and let us know. Uh, many of you are still writing in how you're feeling, what stood out for you, what kind of opened up for you um, during our gathering today. And then, of course, just let the brilliant, beautiful, bountiful blessings flow to you and your beautiful animal companions open up to receive the benefits of everything that's been ignited here today. And then let the fun and freedom frequencies flow. That's what it's all about this season. And, um, and of course, consider the, the wonderful opportunities to expand on this journey uh, with Denise and her special offers. You can find them at straighttalkforthesoul.com in our marketplace. And as you move into your day and your evening, remember that you're brilliant, you're resilient, you're dearly loved, you're not alone, and and your animal companions are certainly reminding you of that. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on this soulful adventure today. I am sending crystalline rainbow waves of new earth grace, glory, and gratitude from my heart to yours. Uh, may you feel it, receive it, and then offer it to your soul, your soul companions, your animal companions um, throughout the day and evening, wherever you happen to be. And as always, until next time, please give yourself full permission to shine instead of shrink, express instead of suppress, and of course, own that amazing, powerful glow of yours. Uh, Take flight, beautiful beacons of light, and I'll see you back here in this playground of light next time. Bye, everybody.